0: Hello, and welcome to Genesis chapter 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had a servant, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, See now, Yahweh has restrained me from bearing. Please go into my servant. It may be that I will obtain children by her. Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to Abram, her husband, to be his wife. He went into Hagar, and she conceived. When she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Sarai said to Abram, This wrong is your fault. I gave my servant into your bosom, And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. Yahweh, judge between me and you. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your maid is in your hand. Do to her whatever is good in your eyes. Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her face. Yahweh's angel found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where did you come from? Where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the face of my mistress Sarai. Yahweh's angel said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hands. Yahweh's angel said to her, I will greatly multiply your offspring that they will not be counted for multitude. Yahweh's angel said to her, Behold, you are with child and will bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because Yahweh has heard your affliction. He will be like a wild donkey among men. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. He will live opposite all of his brothers. She called the name of Yahweh who spoke to her. You are a God who sees, for she said, Have I even stayed alive after seeing him? Therefore the well was called Beer Lahai Rui. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. Hagar bore a son for Abram. Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. This chapter starts with a strange story of Sarah. Her name hadn't been changed yet to Sarah, Sarai, Um, giving her maidservant, kind of like a a female servant, to her husband to have children that way. And this is something that we would struggle with today. We wouldn't think of getting another woman to have children on behalf of our wife, Uh, or at least that's not the normal position. But um, in the Babylonian customs of the day, this wasn't only a normal thing. It was, even in some places, um, legal requirement. So if a wife was unable to provide her husband, then she was required to provide a, a servant or someone else to be able to provide children that way. So we read the story and we think this is something a little odd. It is odd, but it wasn't odd for the times. And so Sarah was just doing um, the best that she could according to the way she understood things and the world around her to give her husband a child and a son. And of course, Abraham, the Lord had said to him, his name was still Abram, of course, the Lord had said to him in uh, a previous chapter that your son shall come from your own body. So, you know, that kind of made sense, It kind of fit, you know, okay, it'll be my son, he thinks. And, uh, and it was his son. So uh, Hagar becomes pregnant, and then there's jealousy between her and Sarai because they both are now, uh, you know, Hagar thinks she's kind of better <laughs> because she's been able to get pregnant and, and, and Sarai couldn't and, and Sarai struggles with that. And, and that we, we see that picture of kind of um, rivalry between wives in in situations where there's polygamy. Thank God we don't have polygamy in Australia, it's not lawful at least, but uh, where you see it in the Bible, like later between Jacob had two wives, there's this struggle. We see it in the Islamic world where sometimes men have more than one wife and there's a struggle between wives and it's just not the way God intended it. And you see in the Garden of Eden, God created one man and one woman, and he they were both made in God's image, and they're both equal. They were one flesh. He didn't make one man and two women or any other combination of numbers. And, and so it's not the way God intended it. And when it is out of order, this is where you have these struggles. And um, back then, of course, the Ten Commandments hadn't come yet, and they were just living... Even though they were following God, there were still many, many things about their life and practice which were just influenced by the culture around them. And that's actually the same for us today too. We've had the benefit of the Bible and we've had the benefit of a lot of history and we've learned a lot of things and we might not repeat some of the mistakes that were made back then, but we still have influence by the culture around us and it's something to watch out for but we also have in the scripture a picture of of christ and he has a bride the church he has one bride he doesn't have two or three or four but christ is one bride the church and he loves her with his whole heart and so we as men have one wife and we love her just like christ loves the church and of course one wife to love one husband as well and the lord gives us all of his affection now when this happens, of course, this attempt to have a child through the maid, it backfires and causes all of these problems. And sometimes as Christians, we, we get a promise from God, like God said that he's going to do something and we're clear on that, but then we wonder how it's going to come about and we get tempted to try to make it happen. And so Abraham, of course, has this promise from God, he's going to have a son, and this seems like a way that he could make it happen. Oh, yeah, I could have my son through a servant. <laughs> and so this is kind of an attempt to make God's will come pass through human effort. And later on in the Bible, we see that King David was promised, David wasn't the king yet, but he was promised that he was gonna be the king. And he could have been tempted to make that come to pass through you know, an attempted coup, or he had the opportunity on two occasions to kill Saul, the existing king, but he did not raise his hand against the, the king because he knew that it would not please the Lord. And um, so David didn't murder, even though if he had of murdered, he would have become the king. In his mind, he could have rationalized and said, oh, this is fulfilling what God has said. And so we've got to be careful as people to not try to make God's will happen through our own human efforts. Um, but we've got to allow space for God to fulfill his promises to us and we remain in a place of faith and trusting in him. Abraham, of course, did trust in God and in his mind it didn't seem that he was doing anything wrong here but it was an example of him trying to, through human effort, fulfill God's word to him. And of course, later on, God does fulfill his word in the way that he was always going to intend to. And uh, I had a personal experience of this where my wife and I, we didn't have a home. We'd owned homes previously, but we'd had some financial struggles and, and our home, one of our homes was destroyed by the tenants living in it and we weren't able to get insurance. But the Lord had given us a promise that he would give us another home. And so we uh, we were believing and it, would, it had been six or seven years and we were believing and, and the Lord's going to give us a home and, and it got to the point one night where Yeah, we had tried so many things we actually were trying in our own human efforts to make this promise come to pass and this one night our house caught on fire the house that we were living in that we were renting it wasn't our our, the home we owned the meter box caught on fire we had to call the fire department we ended up with the power being disconnected for several days and that night as we lay in our beds my wife and i just had a sense that we'd done something wrong like the lord like almost like the Lord was chastising us. And as I thought about it, I realised <laughs> that we had no power. I mean, you know, literally we had no power, the house had no power, but I come to the conclusion that as far as fulfilling the promise that God had made, we had no power to fulfil the promise. And God was visually illustrating that. And so that night my wife and I, we repented, we, we let go of our striving we said to the Lord, well, Lord, it's all in your hands. You fulfill your promise. <laughs> and the, the thing about it was the very next day, the stranger set of circumstances unfolded and we signed a contract on a house and, and we now have that house. <laughs> it's amazing how the Lord can do in one day what we can't do through all our own human efforts. And so Abraham, of course, he was trying in his own human efforts here and all it did was cause pain. And so this, I guess, is a great lesson for us in this chapter, is when the Lord's promised something, let's trust Him. Let's wait on Him and and wait for Him to answer and not try to make it happen in our own human strength. Of course, there is a time and a place for obedience. If the Lord says to do something, we obey. But we don't go ahead of the Lord trying to make things happen in our own strength. So what do we learn from this chapter? Well, we learn not to take things into our, our own hands, we learn that there's a time to wait on the Lord. We also see in this chapter that the Lord's ways are best. He intended one husband and one wife. And when we do things the Lord's way, we avoid spousal jealousy and rivalry and all those things that are big problems. And of course, it also reminds us that Christ has one wife, the church. And when we're we're in that relationship with him, we are in the best place. So make it your goal to wait on the Lord to trust him so father I ask you to bless my listeners today give them the grace to wait upon you to trust you and right now we all cast ourselves upon the mercy of the Lord we acknowledge we've got many needs we've got the needs to walk with you in righteousness the need to overcome sin and defeat temptation and to be a good witness for Christ to love you more to understand the scriptures Lord we wait upon you and we realize that we're powerless But just at the right time, Christ died. And through the gift of Christ, we have grace and power. So Lord, fill us with your spirit and enable us to walk with you in the name of Jesus. Amen.